Welcome to a bonus episode of Money for Nothing. Way back in September, Sam and I had big plans for a series on music and politics in the lead up to the election. And one of the bands we were going to focus on was Fugazi. And at the time, I was scrolling through Twitter and saw award-winning poet Morgan Parker send out a little tweet that read, quote, Found a doc on my computer from earlier this year called Something We Do Need Now More Than Ever. It just says something we actually do need now more than ever is Fugazi. Naturally, my interest was piqued, and because Sam and I were planning this whole series on music and politics with a focus on Fugazi, I reached out to Parker and asked if I could talk to her more about the tweet and thoughts on the DC band, and she was more than willing to talk to me. And even though we never actually got around to doing that series, we did finally drop our Fugazi episode about a month ago. And so we thought it would be cool to finally drop this interview I did with Parker, even though it's probably about six months old at this time. If you are not familiar with Morgan Parker, uh, I suggest you get acquainted. She is an amazing poet and writer who has published numerous collections, including 2019's collection Magical Negro that won the National Books Critics Circle Award. She's also won a Pushcart Prize and a fellowship in literature from the National Endowment of Arts. And if you read her stuff or follow her on Twitter, it's pretty clear that music plays an important role in Parker's life and in her writing. And I just thought it'd be cool to get her opinion and thoughts on Fugazi after that tweet and, you know, their importance to her and, you know, her opinion of the band and what they kind of represented. So with that being said, uh, we felt like it would be like a nice little bonus supplement to our Fugazi show that we dropped last month. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Here's me and poet Morgan Parker talking Fugazi and music. this is very funny and this is like the biggest uh evidence that i'm a modern person is that i'm giving liner notes to uh a tweet right now <laughs> um, you know i have this poem called now more than ever which is like the frustration of like what the fuck does that mean you know like now more than ever we support black people <laughs> like oh how is it different than ever and does ever equal before everything before <laughs> you know um kind of interrogating that and it's something that I've been talking about a lot over the past few years and yet um it remains like in you know two out of five commercials you know and like um a lot of stuff on the internet I just hear that phrase over and over and a kind of like joke to self I do is think really try to think about that like is there anything that we need now more than ever at any other time in history, you know? And um, that's like a little mini challenge to myself. And I think, you know, that Fugazi could be something 
that we need now more than we truly ever have needed before. But I'm, you know, I'm a little unsure about that. And I think that's why I stopped the document. Because then I was like, maybe we need them more during Occupy Wall Street. And so I was just thinking about like, what kind of, what kind of, I guess, crisis or, you know, kind of cultural mess uh, would precipitate that need for that, that DIY anti, um, anti-government, anti-capitalist energy in music, you know? Um, and I really do think that, I mean, I was, I watched some documentary about one of the like major ones about the, um, the economic crisis in 08. And I was thinking then like, fuck, Fugazi had already broken up. I know they like weren't playing shows and stuff, but I was kind of thinking like, damn, I can imagine like a Fugazi show being perfect. (laughs) You know what I mean? At that time, because it really is like, I don't know that people are educated on that. And Obviously, the the politics of music and true political activism is just almost impossible <laughs> at the, at this stage of capitalism. But I, and I I really am interested, obviously, in like how artists can have political conversations with a wider audience. And I I feel like to get some of that Fugazi spirit into you know the generation that missed that would be kind of like change like life-changing yeah interesting interesting okay wow okay this is great this is <laughs> you've gone a lot of places that i want to touch on so i, to, I guess to start it's suggesting you know the whole idea of something we we need now more than ever you know do you kind of suggest that you know we're we're missing something now Yes. And so, yeah. So do you feel just to start that we are, that we're missing on even kind of a small level of, I don't know, quote unquote, pop culture or something, that sort of space for this political bullheaded artist type that is kind of calling it as it, as it is, but also like living the life to back yeah. it up that Fugazi kind of occupied. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's that second part. Like that's the second, that's the part that is kind of been rendered impossible, you know, um, because yeah, to be a successful musician, you're kind of beholden to this system and probably a record label and probably there's a publicist that's saying something and maybe you'll lose your contract or whatever. It's increasingly, yeah, not possible to kind of walk the walk and talk the talk and have a kind of mainstream popularity. And I I mean, the spirit of punk has changed, you know. Um, I also think that we're a little um, jaded, I guess, you know, Um, when we hear musicians speak out, it's, it's usually shit we've already heard before. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I I think that was also something that originally motivated them. I I remember seeing it in one of those documentaries, I think instrument, and this is probably like 20 years ago that, that he said this, but Guy from Fugazi said, you know, we had seen like 30 years of quote unquote political music and like nothing change. And so we're kind of just going to totally. like live the life. And I, and I think what he was kind of, you know, s- sort of suggesting is that is that here's at least like a, a peephole into another way of po- another possibility, like another like 
way of Absolutely. living that could exist you know that right now is difficult but like we if we can gesture towards it in some yeah, way yeah yeah i mean you kind of have to do in order to um in order to figure out how to be if that makes sense you know um it's we're all trying to figure it out by doing and and like trial and erroring but i think there's less of that less of that trial and error we're kind of at a point where it's like well not everyone is going to catch on to this. Like not everyone is going to do DIY. So what is the point sort of thing, you know? Um, yeah, that, that very rebellious spirit is hard to come by. And I think would be, again, to have folks introducing something that we haven't seen before and inviting us in to, to basically rethink the whole system. Um, we have a lot of trouble with that these days, uh, the idea of rethinking the whole system. Yeah, I agree. It, it seems even more difficult today than maybe back then to do what they did. And I and I and one thing I, I kind of came across, and I'm curious if you have any comments about this, is that mm -hmm. it or one thing I thought rather is that it seems like any kind of public expression of protests or your politics can often feel or be read as a, like a personal branding exercise. And I think that's often because of like social media now which is like very much a, a platform for for that, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like how to get around that is like a real question. Because totally. it's also like a, like a way of like letting off some steam as well instead of actually being like, you know what, I'm going to yeah. start a label or I'm going to start like a small press and, or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. To not have it be connected to the personality is, um, yeah, that's hard. And I mean, even thinking about, how McKay is like, don't attribute stuff to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing my thing. Um, I think that that would be hard to come by. And, and because we also do think of everything as branding in that kind of way. Like there would be no way that Fugazi wouldn't have merch. You know what I mean? Like even if they didn't make it, there would be merch. There's no other way to do it. Um, right, right. And that is sort of, scary but it, that also is the power of the kind of like the people of the internet yeah i don't know i mean it's it, things are are more um public so i think it is it is harder to do something that is like not somehow disturbed by that public um space yeah yeah well i i'm, I'm curious like just maybe like take it back a little bit like how did you first come across like Fugazi and maybe, you know, the, the scenes that they were sort of associated with and the sort of ethos behind it. Yeah. Um, well, I was just like a depressed teenager. And, and that's right. how like I most of us. It. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was uh, in suburban Southern California and like hated everybody. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, so and I think that's how a lot of people come to um punk aesthetics is is being frustrated and unsatisfied and wanting to believe that there are other ways, you know, and being open to having those conversations and just wanting to disrupt, um, you know, and like jump around and shout and say the truth. That is, you know, I guess what immediately drew me. And, and of course, the kind of the idea of purity behind their music. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The ability to be political 
without being showy in that way. Um, yeah, that's huge. I think that's really something, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, that'd be so difficult now in a lot of ways that I really appreciate and kind of miss from, from the, yeah. When you think about like The Clash, you know, like, and even like The Ramones, you know, like things just become bigger and flashier. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there is an understated tone. And I think that that is more reflective of the people, you know, the folks. And I, th- I like the way that a lot of their music is from that perspective, is from the we, you know, and the us. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, that's really great. Well, let me let me see if I can like possibly tie it, you know, into the, the 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 very loose like poetry scene, putting a big umbrella over that. You know, I used to have this expression that I always really respected poets because, like, no, it it felt like to me like no one goes into poetry to like make money or a living. Oh no way! You know, it's no like, way. I mean, it can happen, but it's like it's not the motivating factor, and that's to me that felt really similar to like you know the quote unquote like punk scene. Uh, and that you're really doing it for the art and the message and kind of what you're saying, like to yell and jump around and speak the truth and, you know, the community totally. around that. So, yeah, I, I guess, can you speak maybe a little bit about maybe if there's a sort of a connection there and maybe how, how it's possibly spilled over into your own approach to your own creative work? Yeah, I mean, I think poetry is something that I wasn't familiar with. And um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I grew up hating it and I guess <laughs> discovered that it was for me is when I discovered that there's no rules um, and that it can be a ton of things. Mm -hmm. And part of that is like, oh yeah, no one's going to read it. So who cares? You know, like (laughs) I'm not going to get sued by Beyonce because she's not going to read a poetry book. But um, I, you know, so I think I was drawn to that. Obviously the disruption of linear language and, and the traditional sentence taking up space on the page is something that feels really punk to me. Um, And I I think I'd like to think about retaining some kind of punk energy or aesthetic underneath my writing process. Yeah. So yeah, I guess those things are are connected. It's I don't necessarily usually listen to punk while I'm writing. Oh yeah, I know that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes when I was working on my young adult novel, I, I was, um, right. but yeah, I, I, I'm not in that space necessarily. Um, you know, as a soundtrack, but but certainly as a kind of tenant, I guess. Um, when I'm writing, is just to kind of like remember to li- to be outside of the system, and, and that really is like the gift of poetry. I'm writing essays now, and it's like. It's just frustrating to have to be within that system of sentences. Yeah, that formula in a sense. Totally. And even, you know, I'm approaching it as a poet, obviously, but there is something that is, yeah, I mean, paragraphs are (laughs) traditional, you know? So there is, obviously, other um, other than the obvious connection to kind of DIY culture of like, making a zine, you know, like there yeah. is a connection there. Um, even more than that, I think it, it is in the form and, and the kind of like fucking up of language. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think, yeah, you said something earlier in your answer about like the sort of realizing you could like do what you want. And I think that really aligns with something else that I, I, I heard recently that actually Ian Mackay said that 
was that he views punk as a sort of a space where like new ideas can be like presented and discussed and like tried out and like mm-hmm. brought to the table. And I, I, I see a sort of similarity between kind of what you just said and what he said. But um, totally. I, I guess to play the sort of like the devil's advocate, just to like not, you know, throw continual, you know, praise over this band is that like this approach, though, as you kind of mentioned very early in what we were talking about, like there are there is a sort of like limitation too, right? Like, there's a Absolutely. limited scope of people who you're really going to be able to like reach and and make a and 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 the ability to even just like make a living Absolutely. at it. And that like there is privilege in that. You know what I mean? Um like obviously I went into poetry and I was like, well, you know, like checking in with my friends who got economics degrees, like I have committed <laughs> myself to a life of poverty. But you know, um I've had a lot of, I don't, I work for myself now and get paid for stuff. And I wasn't ever going to say no to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, right. we're going to um, move in the direction of uh, success and money because we live in this capitalist system. Like I still have to pay my rent and I don't have a trust fund. And so I do, there is something in that of, of there is something privileged, obviously, about walking the walk. Because it isn't possible for such a large swath of of American citizens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that, I, I, well, I guess on a creative sense, there probably needs to be some sort of just acceptance or reconciliation that that the maybe the very you know the various systems in which we might be writing or singing against, like we can't also escape from, and we kind of have to participate in. Yeah. And I think there's pl- there's space for conversations about that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I how did I put? It? I was writing something about this. Like, I'm a reluctant capitalist. Like, I'm an American, so I'm a capitalist. Like, I can't. You know what I mean? Right. Like, unless right. I'm taking painstaking steps to rid my life of evidence of that, and I don't even know how someone would do that. But I I believe that someone could. Right. I don't have the energy, but you know, I, I think there's a way that we're all um we're all indicted you know and yeah. we're all responsible so what does it mean to actually make something that is rebelling against that and i think it's okay to talk about those things you know um if we can't all show up and be pure of um in in praxis we can at least be more mindful or or pure of intent you know yeah and i think that that's also probably something that you know a lot of folks possibly tend to misinterpret about punk or fugazi Mm -hmm. is that you know the the whole purity test thing kind of like comes it comes around yeah yeah right and and i think that like that you know realizing and having conversations like you said about alternatives and like the struggle of having to participate in the system that we're actually you know maybe railing against or writing against you know Mm -hmm. like that in itself is a conversation that kind of needs to be needs to be happening i like that i like that yeah well i mean it's also it's meeting each other like where we are it doesn't i think we've figured out that it it doesn't help anything to be sanctimonious but that is also like kind of our culture is uh i guess doing away with complexity and complication you know it's yeah. like uh, twitter <laughs> yeah it's like you can't present anything that's watery on twitter uh 
without people being like, well, you have to pick this side. And I read two sentences of an article and this is what I think immediately. Um, you know, it, it isn't something that we're used to is feeling uncomfortable in something and remaining in that space and talking about a kind of both and. Um, I think it, yeah, and that's where that kind of like false interpretation comes in because that's just what we're used to. You know, you either are going all the way or you're like a sellout or, you know, a poser. And that that just is what it is. You know, it doesn't mean that we can't be progressive in our thinking. It's also kind of what's refreshing, I guess, in a sense about Fugazi and maybe what we're missing also. But, you know, even in the individual members today, if you read an interview, they're very much like, this is just what I'm doing. I'm doing, you know, this is my life. They're not like, you know, you know they're not getting caught up in that purity test. Now more than ever, everyone must do this. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Well, because, I mean, and also that stance assumes that we're all coming from the same place. And I think the ability for the band to not assume that everyone's got the same perspective is is also important. I, I think there's there's a dichotomy in their music between everyone coming from the same perspective versus everyone needing the same freedoms you know what i mean like right. everybody living in bodies and living under oppression versus um we all think and want the same things yeah no exactly and and, and even if you think about I, I maybe this is an overstatement but i feel as if kind of growing up or like in talking to people like every kind of small town at some point had its sort of own fugazi mm-hmm and so even in a sense of like, if you think about, well, then why Fugazi and like, why did they get big? And a lot of that has to do with like circumstances and privilege and the fact that they were part of this like strong scene and like, you know, all these various other aspects of it. And I, yeah, it's, it is refreshing to, to, to at least it seems that they, they are, have like an awareness of that. Um, but I, and I do wonder though, it's interesting kind of going all the way back to the beginning, you know, if we did have, you know, Fugazi or a Fugazi-like band or artists you know in the public sphere right now like if they would have the sort of same effect just because of all these kind of reasons we're talking about the sort of purity tests and the sort of like lack of nuance and things like yeah, that. yeah i mean that's the thing it, it feels yeah. like a relic might be a whole different whole mm-hmm. different thing but that yeah and so i guess that's kind of like what i was thinking in you know like bring back fugazi but bring back like that spirit for right now like we could really use a break from yelling at each other and, you know, like screaming into the thing that is hurting all of us. Yeah. And, and that, and just a call to action, you know, rather than the call to, uh, mourning. Yeah. That kind of like personal responsibility vibe I think is, is cool. Yeah. And also the sort of thing where like people are thinking about stuff. You know, like you can't listen yeah, to yeah. an album without thinking about something. Um, that is, I miss that, you know, um, being surprisingly engaged in some kind of like existential thought process yeah. from listening to an album. Yeah. Well, th- thanks for talking to me about, about Fugazi. I think that's a, like a, actually like a really good uh, way to sort of tie a bow on everything. Uh, I appreciate you talking. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully uh, somewhere in the near future, we can we can uh, have some form of, of that spirit in which you talk about. Yeah.
I'm here for it. I'm waiting. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it will come out of punk. You know what I mean? Like it might. I don't, I don't think it will. Yeah. I, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I maybe yeah. would wager hip hop, but let's wait it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Or maybe, maybe poetry. I mean, I, I think about the scene here in New York and it just seems so interconnected yeah. and like driven and like loving. And it, yeah, I don't know. I've always been impressed by it. Yeah. It's a good model for community. Thank you.